Welcome to an inspirational teaching by our guest speaker, Ivan Raskino. We hope you enjoy this teaching. Today, I just want to start with the story, and then we'll go to the word. Before that, I'll pray. Father God, we give you thanks. My God, oh God, you're so great, you're so wonderful. Thank you for blessing us with your Holy Spirit, Lord with the wonderful name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that you're building an army. Thank you, Lord God, that chains are being broken all over the world. We are not afraid of ISIS and all these places, Lord, because the army of God is rising up. And Father God, we give you praise. We give you praise that you have called us to be part of that army. Father, today I pray to you, my God, that you will speak to our hearts. Oh God, that you will build us up. Oh God, we just ask of you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. I'll start with the story I told you. You know, some some years ago, uh, we had a house group, and uh, and and uh, uh, and we invited somebody to teach the the Word of God. It's just a small house group, and he was and he started with an icebreaker because he was sort of. You know, he first time he, he sort of ministered to us in this house group, so he started with an icebreaker. So he asked, uh, he, he asked us, okay, now you imagine that you got a room for yourself, uh, and what what would you like that room to be? So everybody started thinking, and we had some, you know, we had one young girl who was. Uh, and she said, oh, I, 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 I like to have a room painted soft pink. Ah, you know, that's, that's the room I like. And of course, we had also, surprisingly, we had an international photographer. And, and he, he was a designer. And I don't know what he said, but it was something, you know, full of design. And others said something. And, you know, I... I I knew exactly what I would say. I was sitting over there. My turn did not come. But I knew exactly what I would say. So when my turn came, he said, well, Ivan, what is your room like? I said, yeah, my room? It has to be a room with my wife, Melanie, inside. <laughs> Simple. Because, you see, without her, every room is a zero star. And with her, Every room is a five star. Nothing. It's a fact. That's true. That's a true story. (laughs) Today we are going to study about that room. We are going to study about that room. And we are going to study, we are going to Understand Psalm 84. How lovely is your dwelling place, Almighty God. And so this psalm can be divided into three parts. The first part is the blessedness of the pilgrims dwelling with God. The blessedness of the pilgrims dwelling with God. That is verses 1 to 4. The second, the blessedness of the pilgrims progress in God and the third that's verses 5 to 8 the third is 
the blessedness of the pilgrim's life in God. We are all pilgrims. We are born today and after some time we are going home. But on this earth we are pilgrims. The Bible says that. You know, we are pilgrims. But this psalm is not talking about just our life on earth and going to heaven. It's talking about how the Jews would celebrate the, the three festivals, annual festivals, and they would go up to Zion. They would go up to Jerusalem to worship the Lord, all of them. And they were pilgrims from where they were going to the house of God, that is the temple. The temple. And he's uh, talking about that. And he says, you know, how lovely is your dwelling place. So let us start, you know, the blessedness of the pilgrims dwelling with God. Right? It starts with, how lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord Almighty? My soul yearns, even faints, for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. In the RSV it says, my heart and my flesh sing for joy to the living God. Now he's saying, how lovely is your dwelling place, Almighty God. Now what is the dwelling place of God? Now in this psalm, it talks about the temple. You know, of course the dwelling place of God is in heaven. That's what we think. But let me talk, let me give you the big picture of God's dwelling place. I want to give you the big picture. Have a look at the big picture right from Genesis to Revelation. The big picture. The book of Genesis talks about God's creation in some very significant complementary terms that have binary relationships. Binary means one on one, two, two, two. So, some very significant terms. Now, heaven and earth, male and female, God and man. A man was created for this intimate relationship with God. Intimate. Where the space of God and the space of man meet, joined. Male and female meet and join. Heaven and earth meet and join. That's an intimate relationship. Therefore I said that in what is my best room? My best room is when my wife is in. And our best space is when we are having the same space with God. A dwelling place with God. That my dwelling place and his dwelling place are joined. Therefore the psalmist is saying, how lovely is your dwelling place. I want to go there. I want to go there. I want to meet with God. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. I want to meet with God. And you know, if you go in Genesis, what took place was because of sin, you see, God walked with Adam and Eve in the cool of the day. He walked in the garden of Eden in Genesis. But because of sin, that unity of dwelling place, the space of God and the space of man coming together 
that was broken asunder. Genesis chapter 3, verses 8 to 9. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid. They hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? Where are you? God says, Look, I want to have my dwelling place with you. But, 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 but where are you gone? Where are you? And sin put them asunder. Sin came into the heart of man and he couldn't live with God anymore. But God sought him. God said, Adam, where are you? We were having this dwelling place together. We were joined together, living together. Right? God and man. Right? Where are you gone? Where are you? You know, in a marriage relationship, when you get married, you make a covenant with God, with your wife or your husband. The husband says three things. I am your husband. You are my wife. And we will live together. Dwelling place together. You understand that? God makes a covenant with us. In Ezekiel chapter 37, it's not there on the slide. Ezekiel chapter 37, verse 27. He says, my dwelling place will be with them. I will be their God, and they will be my people. I am your husband, you are my wife, and our dwelling place is going to be together. In Leviticus 26, verse 12, says the same thing. I will walk among you and be your God, and you will be my people. Same thing. I will walk among you. My dwelling place and your dwelling place will be together. Now in the Old Testament, the focal point, I mean, you understand that God is everywhere. You understand even the highest of heavens cannot contain Him. And, but the focal point is, in the Old Testament, that God wanted to dwell with his people and for that he gave them an elaborate construction of the temple. First the tabernacle, then it moved into the temple. He gave them an elaborate instruction. And so the focal point of God's dwelling place was in the temple. And that's the reason why this psalmist, he says, I, I, I'm going to the temple. I'm going to the dwelling place of God. And my heart sings for joy. I have a hunger for him. I want to love him. I want to pray. I want to meet with him. I want this. I want this. Now in the temple, first there was sacrifice. Sacrifice for sin. There was a covenant. There was worship. There was prayer. There were scriptures being read and being explained. And all this adds to the dwelling place with man, with God. All this. Jesus paid for our sins. And because of him, we can now enter the dwelling place of God. In the Old Testament, it was the temple was the focal point. But in the New Testament, our Lord Jesus 
He tore the curtain. He tore the curtain between the most holy place and the rest of the temple. He tore it at his death on the cross and his resurrection so that the dwelling place of God can be with man. There was a Samaritan woman at the well. She met Jesus and she said to him, he said, um, tell me, our forefathers said you got to worship on that hill and you, you Jews say you got to worship in Jerusalem, which is right? And he says, oh, he says, the time is coming and has now come. The Father seeks worshipers. Those who will worship in spirit and truth, not on this mountain or that mountain, you can worship him in the confines of your room through Jesus because the curtain has been broken and now you can come into God's dwelling place. And every time you have your individual worship, <coughs> every time you have your family worship, however small it can be, every time you have collective church worship like what we had today. Man's living space and God's living space are joined. Don't ever think that prayer is a chore. No, no, no. Don't ever think that. Oh, you know, I got to pray today. <laughs> I got to pray today. It's not a chore, my friend. It's a joy that your living space and God's living space are coming together. And you know, you can have this joining, you know, in your, in a marriage that is sacrifice. You know, I, I, I tell you a story, it's a true story. By the way, I always tell true stories. <laughs> you know, my son and I were going in a train from Dehradun to, to, to Bombay. We came second class, no AC, nothing, jammed up. And of course, it was 24 hours to 27 hours journey or something like that. And at night, I was snoring loudly. And of course, everybody was absolutely disturbed, swearing and everything. And my son told me, he says, Dad, you know, you snore louder than a fast train. Yeah. And actually, there was once, you know, there was where it was not so packed. The train was not so packed, and I was alone there, and I was sleeping. And I began to snow at night, and everybody left that whole compartment. <laughs> it, that, that too is a true story. Can you imagine the sacrifice my wife has to make to stay with me? <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine that? Now we are almost 44 years married. Can you imagine the sacrifice? You see, Jesus made that sacrifice so that we could dwell with God. Dwelling place, there must be sacrifice. There must be commitment. There must be covenant, sorry. Co covenant. We, Jesus said, I want to dwell with you. I make a covenant, a new covenant with you. There's covenant in marriage. There is sacrifice in marriage. But there's something more. There is communication in marriage. Has to be communication. And so... In our meeting with God, there is all these three. Sacrifice, there is covenant, understanding and trusting His covenant that He says to us, 
I have paid for your sins. You can come into my dwelling place. I have paid for it. You can come. The curtain is torn open. Come. Come. And there is communication. You know, Bible reading is not a chore. It's when you, when you do your Bible reading, understand. Understand one thing. Then you'll see it becomes a joy. It does not become a chore. You're meeting with God. Man's space and God's space are coming together. It's not a chore. And I'm giving you something very simple. Very simple. And you try it. And I give you a guarantee. You're going to hear God. I give you a guarantee. That you're going to hear God. Because some of you may be new to Bible reading. And maybe you think that this Bible is like a telephone directory. You know. How, how do you meet with God in the telephone directory? I mean it's, it's as formidable like that. But God is going to meet with you. Because he loves you. And he wants to communicate with you. How do you hear him? Take a simple thing. Take a passage of scripture. Guarantee. Take a passage of scripture. Read it. Don't take a big long one. Take a simple passage of scripture. Read it. And listen to God and ask him, What are you saying? What are you saying to me? And don't worry. Don't try to break your head. God will speak to you. Just write there. Or underline a scripture. Read it again. And this time ask God. God. Why are you saying that to me? What you just said. And God is going to speak to you. Guarantee. And the third time. Read it again. But this time ask. Okay God. How do you want me to obey? And I'll tell you, God is going to speak to you in the quiet of your heart. First, ask him, what? Second, ask him, why? Third, ask him, how? These three questions. How do you want me to obey? Same patches of scripture. Read it quietly in your room. God will speak to you. Write it down. Write it down. And gently commit yourself to him. Your dwelling place will be with his dwelling place. And you will see how lovely is your dwelling place, almighty God. My heart and my flesh are restored in your dwelling place. My heart sings for joy in your dwelling place. Hebrew Hebrew chapter 10, verse 19 to 25. Therefore, brothers... Since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, we have confidence by a new and living way open for us through the curtain that is his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, that is our Lord Jesus, let us draw near to God. Let us draw near to his dwelling place with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience. The blood of Jesus will cleanse you from all your sins as you humble yourself. As you humble yourself. 
and say, yes, Lord, I have sinned, he will cleanse you. Our Jesus is a mighty Savior. He's a mighty God. And having our bodies washed with pure water, because you have just read God's word, and you will see God speaking to you, what, how, uh, what, why, and how. And he will speak to you. You obey Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together. And as some are in the habit of doing, let us encourage one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. There is one more thing I want to add. I want to add something. There is worship when you can meet with God. There is your prayer as you pray. Don't worry whether you feel like it, you're entering into the holy place. Jesus prayed for yourself. You can come into God's dwelling place. You can come. You are in God's dwelling place. There is communication, that's Bible reading. And you will hear God. Slowly, your ears will be open. But there's one more thing. And many of you are from different churches. But I want to tell you about the sacraments. Especially the breaking of the bread. Or when you are baptized. You know, what's the sacraments? It's another place of God's dwelling place. You know, a husband and wife, when they kiss each other, it's an act. It is an act. Just kissing each other. Or when two friends meet and they shake hands with each other. It's an act. But in that act, in that act, such a lot of, such a of love takes place. And whatever church you belong to, and however the situation in the church is, when you take the bread and the wine, understand it's an act where the dwelling place of God comes into your living space. You're a meeting. Just like a kiss. Just like a wonderful handshake. But even in the kiss and the wonderful handshake, there are words spoken. There are words spoken. And the word of God, as it is spoken in the sacraments, they mean something. And you receive it because you're receiving the dwelling place of God and man coming together. You understand? Therefore, don't neglect the sacraments. Don't neglect. I'm calling it the sacraments. Some people call it the ordinance, whatever. But these are sacred things. Don't neglect it. And give your whole heart into it. Put your whole heart. It is just like kissing your wife. Put your whole heart into it. You understand? Let it mean something. Even if it's a peck on the cheek, let it mean something. It's an act. It's an act where the dwelling place of one moves into the dwelling place of the other and the hearts are knit. When you meet a friend and you shake hands, you mean something. Hi, man. Hey, dude. Whatever you call him. (laughs) Whatever. It doesn't matter. If the handshake matters, the love goes through, means something. Sacraments are like that. Put your heart into it. Worship is like that. Put your heart into it. 
because man's dwelling place and God's dwelling place meet together. The space of man and the space of God meet together. How lovely is your dwelling place, Almighty God? How lovely is your dwelling place, Almighty God? And you know, the culmination of the ages as the day approaches, especially as the day approaches, the culmination is in Revelation 21 verses 1 to 4. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. A new heaven and a new earth. I told you binary. I told you heaven and earth, male and female, God and man. Heaven and earth are joined together in a wonderful matrimony. Then I saw the new heaven and the new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. And there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride. What is he talking? Yes, sim- sim- symbolism. Symbolism. The bride of Christ. We are the bride of Christ. A symbolism. Male and female. But now, it's a new heaven and a new earth. Nothing about sex or something. Or reproduction. It is the dwelling space of man and the dwelling space of God are meeting so unitedly. And therefore, you know, when we come to church, we are getting a foretaste of heaven. A foretaste of that final day. And therefore, throw yourself into worship throw yourself into your daily prayer you may not be singing like these wonderful people over here put on a worship tape and worship the lord and say i want to dwell with you how lovely is your dwelling place almighty god how lovely in your bible reading i want to meet with you how lovely my heart and my flesh sings for joy to the living god Verses 3 to 4. The blessedness of the pilgrims dwelling with God. The dwelling place of man. Man's space. I told you about God's space. Now I want to tell you about man's space. Even the sparrow has found a home and the swallow a nest for herself where she may have her young. A place near your altar. O Lord Almighty, my King and my God. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. Selah. Selah means, just wait. Take a pause and reflect. Anyway, it's not given here, I think. Now, blessed, blessed. That's why I say, in in this psalm, there are three blessed. The first blessed, second blessed, third blessed. Here is the blessedness of a pilgrim's dwelling with God, the dwelling space of man, man's space, man's space. He says, even the sparrow has found a home dwelling place and a swallow a nest for herself and for her young, I think, where she may have a young dwelling place. The living space of the sparrow and the swallow are in the very temple that is the living space of God. Can you see that? Now you might say, what has the sparrow and the swallow got to do? Yeah, it's just talking about the picture in the temple. Even 
a sparrow and a swallow, they come as a moon, they go, they come into the temple and, and they find a place. They find a place. Now he's obviously talking about actual birds in the temple of God. Alright? In the Old Testament temple. In the New Testament, I want to bring an analogy. An analogy. Sparrows are poor birds. Poor birds. And you know, there are three types of poor and needy in every church. There are poor and needy financially. And I remember, some of us are stinking. I remember a pastor, David Gundy, he was talking about that he was once preaching in a church. And there was a stinking, stinking, absolutely stinking alcoholic come into the church. And he was over there. Everybody was turning their face, feeling so uncomfortable. He was stinking. But he humbled himself before God. And Pastor David says, you know, let him be there. Let him be there. And at the end of the service, this guy gave his heart to Christ. And he brought other stinking alcoholics into the church. You know, I mean, that was that was heart of God. You might be stinking. You might be stinking in sin. We might be stinking in our place. We are poor. We might be stinking in poverty. You might be stinking whatever. But you're welcome into the presence of God. You're welcome because of Jesus. Because of our Lord Jesus. You're welcome. You're welcome inside the presence of God. I don't know what your condition is. Even if you are stinking inside. You're welcome. You're a sparrow. Sparrows are poor birds. There are many of us. And you know, actually, poor and needy was even spoken about by King David. Even David said, I'm poor and needy. Read the Psalms, he will tell you that. I'm poor and needy, oh God. You know, he was a king and he considered himself poor and needy. Because sometimes, we are people without influence. And, and the problems that we face, legal problems, accusations... You can't, you can't fight them. You say, God, I got no influence. I can't do what? I am just poor and needy, and I am dependent upon you. You're a sparrow, and you're welcome into the place of God. And of course, we are all poor and needy spiritually, but for the grace of God, we are the chiefest of sinners. That's a trustworthy saying, says Paul. That's what trustworthy. You know what's a trustworthy saying, Paul says? I'm the chiefest of sinners. That's a trustworthy. He was poor and needy spiritually. The Bible says, Blessed are the poor, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. In Matthew chapter 5. And so we are like sparrows. You know, we are like sparrows. And we come into the, into the presence of God. And we are called into the presence of God. And swallows, swallows, swallows are birds that fly whoop, up and down. Whoop. You've seen the swallows, how they fly? Whoop, whoop, they fly like that. Many of us are up and down Christians, especially when we are new. We're up and down. One day we got this, one day we got that. Many of us, even as we get older, we are moody. One day we are up, one day we are down, one day we are angry, one day we kiss. <sighs> anyway, fluctuations, mood fluctuations, it's okay, it's all right. You're still welcome. You're welcome into the house of God because our Jesus is big. He's big. He's, he's big. And he gave his life for us. And you're welcome. Welcome. I'll tell you something. 
the good news is that when you come into the house of God, God transforms you. He transforms you. You know, you don't have to come into the house of God trying to clean yourself up. You come into the house of God humble, and he will transform you. Now, I'm giving you God's word. I'm giving you God's word, right? So it says over here, 2 Corinthians 3.18, a beautiful verse. And we who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory are being transformed into his likeness with ever-increasing glory who, which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. We are transformed as you enter the Holy of Holies, as you enter the presence of God, as man's space and God's space meet together, you are transformed into his likeness. The word transformed, I said it before, I'll say it again, is the word in Greek, metamorpho, metamorpho, from which we get this wonderful word, metamorphosis. Metamorphosis is a transformation from a caterpillar, not into a better caterpillar a caterpillar into a butterfly. You understand? That's metamorphosis. And that's the word transformed used over here. You are transformed from a sparrow or swallow into an eagle. You are transformed into his likeness. Isaiah 57 verse 15. I live in a high and holy place but also with him who is contrite and lowly in spirit, to revive the spirit of the lowly and to revive the heart of the contrite. Two things are required when you enter the dwelling place of God. Two things. Contrite means be repentant of your sin. Oh God, I have grieved you and I'm sorry. Oh, transform me, God. And humble. Just humble yourself. Humble yourself before God. And he will transform you. Isaiah 40 verse 31. And those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar with wings as eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. You're a sparrow? Are you a swallow? God will transform you to be an eagle if you spend time with him. If you spend time with him, how lovely is your dwelling place, Almighty God. The dwelling space of man and the dwelling space of God come together. How lovely it is. It's not a chore, my brothers and sisters. It's not a chore. It is a joy. It is a joy to meet with God. It is a joy. It's a transforming experience. Sparrow to an eagle. Swallow to an eagle. Oh, I'm, I'm an up and down guy. I'm an up and down. Don't worry. God will transform you into his likeness. He is not up and down. He's not. You will be transformed to be like an eagle. That's God's word. God's word is true, my friends. He's building an army as the word came together. Oh my gosh, so blessed I was in that worship. So blessed. He's building an army. Not of sparrows and swallows. Build an army of eagles, and you are going to be part of that army. Going to be part of that army. 
and his word is true he will do it right now we come to the second blessedness the blessedness of the pilgrim's progress in God have you got it so far have you got it dwelling place no you haven't I'm going to give you the next one blessed are those whose strength is in you who have set their hearts on pilgrimage in RSV it says in whose heart are the highways to Zion they set their hearts they go from strength to strength till each one appears before God in Zion now it's important you got to set your hearts you know you can live for 50 years in Bangalore and you will not learn Kannada unless you set your hearts I, I know that I know I know people who have lived 50 years over here you haven't learned Kannada what one word because they haven't set their hearts on Kannada you got to set your hearts <laughs> you got to set your hearts set that's the point that's where the rubber hits the road I am gonna set my heart to be with God I'm gonna set my heart you know the ways of your journey the ways of your pilgrim your pilgrimage are already conquered when your heart is set you know where where you conquer your problems in sin etc when your heart is set yeah when you want to learn Canada inside your heart right when you want to overcome sin inside your heart I'll give you an example once you know I was so upset with one guy so upset I would tell him all sorts of things I was seething seething with that guy but I knew I was wrong not with what he did that was wrong he I know he did wrong but with my attitude it took me about four hours before I could conquer that anger inside my heart it had to conquer that anger on my knees before God true story I had to conquer you got to set your heart on your pilgrimage you got to set your heart and then you will grow from strength to strength you know some trust in chariots Psalm 20 verse 7 and 8 some trust in chariots and some in horses but we trust in the name of the Lord they are brought to their knees and fall but we rise up and stand firm you know if you set your heart you will be like Job 17 verse 9 it says over there the righteous will hold to their ways and those with clean hands will grow stronger and stronger they will grow from strength to strength you know your who have set their hearts on pilgrimage that's where the rubber hits the road you gotta set your heart on your pilgrimage with God you gotta bring every thought into captivity you know you've been for the nine-day school that's a wonderful school bless my family a lot but as you go out, you've got to set your heart. You've got to set your heart. That's where the rubber hits the road. You've got to set your heart. Bring every thought into captivity. Bring everything under the Lordship of Jesus. As today the word came, as Pastor Victor was saying that, your lips speak life. Your lips. 
as he was saying, I put my hands on my lips. I said, God, I want my lips to speak life all the time. All the time. Set your heart. Set your heart with your thought life. Set your heart. The blessedness of the pilgrims progress in God. Because when you set your heart, the pilgrim becomes an overcomer. Verses 6 and 8. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. Hear my prayer, O Lord God Almighty. Listen to me, O God of Jacob. Valley of Baca. Baca is a dry place. You won't spend a lot of time. The main part is over now. You know, Baca is a dry plant. The valley of Baca is a dry place. There is oppression in the valley. There is depression in the valley. There are hardships in the valley. But an overcomer, the guy who sets his heart on pilgrimage, changes the scene. He changes the scene, and that valley becomes, he makes it, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. That the grace of God will come also with you as you set your heart that Oppression, that hurdle, that mountain will go as you set your heart because of the grace of God. And you need to pray for that and God will give you that grace. You will be an overcomer. You will be a soldier in the army who fights for the battles of the Lord. The Lord fights with you. You understand? You must be an overcomer. He who is an overcomer will have the right to sit with him. But the best way to overcome is man's space coming into God's space. That's the place where you overcome everything. That's the place. How lovely is your dwelling place, Almighty God. That's the place. On your knees, as you go before God, He gives you the strength. It is His strength that will make you to be an overcomer. It is not like, I will, I will be, you know, I will. No, no, no. You go to God, humble. Oh, God. And you'll see His strength coming. Oh my gosh, how lovely is your dwelling place, Almighty God. How lovely is your dwelling place. John 16, verse 33. I have told you these things so that you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. You have to be an overcomer. In this world, you're going to have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. I have beaten the world. And if you come with me, I will beat the world through you. He says, come to me. All you live who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy. My burden is light. He says, come to me. His hands got two holes. One hole here, one hole. They are nail-pierced hands. And he says, come to me. I paid for your sins. I love you. Come, 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 come to me. Come. The devil has another hand. He says, don't go. Don't go. Don't, don't. That's the other hand. And two hands are coming to you. One is the devil's hand. Other one is Jesus' hands. Which hand will you take throughout your life? Take the hands of Jesus. Nail pierced hands. Don't listen to this hand. Don't listen to those negative thoughts. Don't let, they come. But that's this hand. It's the devil's hand. Don't take his hand. 
take the nail pierced hands of Jesus. Right? Come to him. Right. Have you got it? Yeah? No, I don't think. Because <clears throat> we go to the next part. You think you got it? You haven't. The next part. The blessedness of the pilgrim's life in God. The pilgrim's choice. Verses 10 to 12. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. You've got to make a choice. And every day, you have to make a choice. Then you got it. Then you know, then you know that your heart is set on pilgrim. Then you know that you mean business when you make a choice. And you make a choice every day. And the choice is costly. One day in the, in the court. One day and thousand days here. Thousand days of merriment. Thousand days of enjoyment. Thousand days. One day as a doorkeeper. Oh my gosh, you must be crazy. But I will take, I will make that choice. I will make my choice in my finances. You know, there are three things. Your time and your money. And your thoughts. Your time. Time is life. You measure your life. How many years are you? I'm 54 years old. Or I'm 27 years old. We measure our life in time. And money is your purchasing power. If you want to know, if you want to have a review of the choices you make, have a look at your time and have a look at your money. And where do you spend both of them? Whether you spend them for the kingdom of God or whether you spend them for the kingdom of the world. Very clear. Then you got it. Understand? And your thought life. And your thoughts. You see, find out how much time you spend on your thoughts. You know, I'm giving you something. Psalm 19, verse 14. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my rock, my redeemer. May my thought life be pleasing to you, Lord. May this be, may this, what I think every day, what I think may be pleasing to you. I just read something from a gentleman, from an old Christian author by the name of Wells. Not A.G. Wells, it's the modern, modern guy. Wells, I don't know his first name. I just read it. But I, I, I thought it was. He said, our, our objective in life is to be God-centered in our thoughts, God-fearing in our hearts, and God-honoring in all we do. Make a choice. Make a choice. Then you got it. You understand? Then you got it. God-centered in our thoughts, God-fearing in our hearts, and God-honoring in all we do. The blessedness of the pilgrim's life in God. The pilgrim's reward. Coming to an end. Look upon our shield, O God. Look with favor on your anointed one. For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. Verse 11 is a prayer. Sorry, verse 9 is a prayer. 
Look upon our shield. Shield means our defenses. O God, and look with favor on our on your anointed one. That's the Lord Jesus. And we are his body, so look in favor with us. Now, that prayer was answered in verse 11. For the Lord is a sun and a shield. Sun speaks of light. Sun speaks, light speaks of revelation. Our Lord, we need on our pilgrimage revelation and guidance. We need to hear the word of God when we read the Bible. We need he says, the Lord is a sun and a shield. Shield means your protection. The Lord bestows favor, grace, for every mile of your pilgrimage. And no good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. Grace for every mile and glory at the end. So you got revelation. You've got guidance, you've got protection, you've got grace, favor, and you've got glory. And God gives you that. And I'm going to close. How lovely is your dwelling place, Almighty God. Because here, you'll get everything if you spend time with God. Yes, yes, you've got to set your heart on pilgrimage. And you've got to make choices in your life. And you will find the glory of God, His love, is on your life. You will be an army of the living God. We'll just close up in a song, all right?
www.adonai-ministries.com